For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We got a guy, Isaac Feldman here, who used to work with us. He yeah. works at the Sports Network. He fought last week and won. Winner by knockout from Long Island, New York, Isaac Here's the problem with that. Now with the proliferation of MMA, yes. you ain't got anybody. You have no idea. Because that dude Isaac, who's a great kid, yeah. you'd look at him and go, I'll probably have this guy. I can handle this guy. He'd kill Meanwhile, you in 30 what? seconds. What? Right. Hey! And they're like, God damn, I had the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Ike to Gone. Hello again. Ike Feldman from the Iketogon.com, the Mind Body Soul Podcast. We got a lot going on. Episode number six. We're moving on. Things are rolling. Interviews are coming, I promise. But thank you for the subscription, the likes, the favorites, the retweets, uh, the comments. Really appreciate it all. Love you guys. Last week was a success. Uh, my friend Milton got married. Now he's got a lifetime of debt, sorrow, and sadness to deal with. A lot of liquor. No, but seriously, Mazeltov Milton, congratulations. Feliz cumpleaños. Everything, man. You did it. You took the leap. Very proud of you, brother. And again, as I just said, thank you guys for the follows and the listens and the downloads for the Mind Body Soul podcast. It's growing. Now we're on iHeartMedia, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course Apple Podcasts. So thank you guys. It's a different take. Again, it's a slower take, a more introverted take. This past week, I reviewed UFC Tampa. With Joanna Young Jacek. Great job. She's the MBS Warrior of the Week. She showed amazing heart, mind, body, soul display in the cage. Great job coming back in what's been a little bit of a drought mentally. She got it done against Michelle Waterson. So great job, Joanna. I also dive into Long Island Native, Long Island Local, Nassau County Zone, Freeport Zone. Patrick Day, who recently passed away from... Severe head trauma from his boxing match in Chicago this past weekend. He was rushed to the hospital. He unfortunately remained unconscious and didn't wake up. I give a longer, more sensitive take than what you're going to get here on the Mind, Body, Soul podcast. And uh, God bless him and uh, God bless his team. And we need to be smarter with combat sports and contact sports, especially when it comes to head trauma. What I can also tell you is do not listen to me when it comes to fight picks. I was awful last week, the week prior. I know I've been busy with tournaments. I know I've been busy with weddings. 
I'll blame it on the distractions, but that's no excuse. My picks were three and eight last weekend. Let's dive into UFC Fight Night 161, UFC Tampa. Great job, as I said before. Joanna Young Jacek beating Michelle Waterson. Fabulous display of striking, heart, nonstop pressure. Michelle Waterson had no chance from the start of the fight rounds one, two, three, four, five. It was a unanimous decision for the former strawweight champion and Joanna. Great job, Young Jacek. Can't wait to see what's next. She's calling for a title fight against Weili Zhang. If you guys remember, Zhang just beat Jessica Andraz, who just who Andraz just beat Rose, and Rose just beat Joanna. So it's like a love square, if that makes sense. Joanna is the most prominent, the most famous strawweight, so it's okay if she would slide in there to fight Weili Zhang. Be a fun fight. Both vicious strikers, so sign me up. I'll watch. As for Waterson, she was trying to line herself up for a UFC title. She was trying to be the first UFC champion slash mom in UFC history. Didn't work out, but she showed a lot of heart. Can't wait to see what's next. The co-main event, Cub Swanson, Crone, not Kron, Gracie, got it done. Fantastic fight. It was entertaining. I was watching this fight with a couple of the groomsmen, and we were waiting for Crone to take it down, display his worldly jujitsu, and essentially line himself up for one more fight before a title fight, maybe Max Holloway next year. But he did something that wasn't as good as that, but was second best to that. He displayed that he's tough, he's willing to move forward when he's beaten, he could trudge through I don't even know trudge is a word he could fight through adversity he's ready to box he went three rounds I believe this is the longest fight of his professional career so great job Crone but amazing job by Cub Swanson showing amazing grit and heart to get out there and say kid you think you're this hot new kid on the block I'm gonna jab I'm gonna run around I'm gonna uppercut your body I'm gonna show you what real boxing is yeah, I'm not afraid to go to the floor. I don't want to go there, but I'm not afraid to go there. Great job by Cub. The knockout of the night and one of the craziest knockouts in UFC history. An upkick knockout from Nico freaking hybrid price. Kaboom! Zadam! Wow! Look at this kid. Gets knocked out, knocks somebody out, gets knocked out, knocks somebody out. I'm not going to judge him until he wins two in a row, but great job bouncing back. He lost to Jeff Neal in July at UFC 240. He's shown that he's more capable of the craziness. I mean, it's basically what he stapled himself as the craziest must-watch fighter in the UFC. The first upkick knockout in over five years. John Fitch, the former UFC welterweight contender, was the last person to do it. This is the second ever. So in a span of a couple months, we've seen the fastest UFC knockout with Jorge Masvidal knocking out Ben Askren. Now we've seen the second ever upkick knockout by Nico Price. Amazing job. Had the whole room jump out of their seats to go, does that happen often? I go, no, it doesn't. Trust me. A little before that, a hell of a fight, hell of a performance from Long Island's own Matt Frivola and Luis Pena. Great fight. Great gas tanks. These guys laid it all in the octagon that night or the octagon that night. Now, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. Again, my picks were awful, but I got to give a stock up, stock down. Good job by Marlon Vera. Your stock is up. You're on the rise now, four in the row in the UFC. I thought you were going to lose. You didn't. You put Andre Yu on his place. Good job, Ryan Spann. 
finishing, knocking to the floor, strangulating Devin Clark. Good job, Brian Span. You're now undefeated in the UFC. Couple of finishes. There's a lot of room in the UFC light heavyweight division, so Span essentially separated himself from top 15. Now he may be looking for a top 10 opponent. Great job. And as I said in the previous podcast, Eric Anders, your boy. Your boy picked him. Yes, I like him, but he got it done. Now looking at the UFC on Boston, the UFC Fight Night 162, or UFC on ESPN 6. There's a bunch of names for this event. Chris Weidman versus Dominic Reyes. Chris Weidman moves up in weight. Let's see what he's got. He's the former middleweight champion, the second greatest middleweight champion of all time. We all know Anderson Silva was. Weidman took that crown. Luke Rockhold took Weidman's crown. Weidman, since 2015 against Rockhold, is now 1-4. His last win was two years ago against Kelvin Gastelum. Had neck surgery following his last loss against Jacare, a knockout loss. Every one of his losses is a finish. Really bad TKOs or really bad knockouts. Let's see what he looks like at the heavier weight. Maybe it will help his, his cut, his gas tank. Maybe he'll feel better. It's a take your pick. It's a flip of the coin with the moving up in weight. We've seen Daniel Cormier move up in weight, become a champion. We've seen Luke Rockhold move up in weight, get knocked out by a jab. So I'm still picking Weidman. He's a Long Island native. He's Captain America. He's team captain for Matt Serra and Ray Longo. His boys, Aljamain Sterling on the shelf. Ally Kinta, two losses in a row. So look for Chris Wyman to put the captain hat on, put his blue collar bucket in the ring or cage, get it done, put your money on Wyman. But he is facing a hot prospect in Dominic Reyes, 11-0. A couple of big wins coming into this fight. Wins over Jared Cannonier, who I mentioned in previous podcasts. Wins over OSP, Ovin St. Pru, and the most recent win over Vulcan Ozdemir, who challenged for the title last January, a long time ago, but still a top contender in the light heavyweights. Dominic Reyes has beaten them all. He's only finished one of them, OSP, which was a fantastic knockout at UFC 229. But Reyes has the spotlight on him as one of the brighter stars in the UFC. If he gets past Weidman, he essentially lines himself up for a title shot or number one contender fight. So it's a big fight for both parties. Chris Weidman trying to fight John Jones. Yes, John Jones. And Dominic Reyes trying to chase John Jones. He's not going to get the John Jones fight, but he's trying to chase John Jones. Be one fighter, two fights at most away from locking in that number one contender fight so a lot of pressure for both these guys i'm going with weidman in the co-main event we've seen this before ole yair rodriguez and jeremy stevens are running it back you saw what happened with the eye poke in 15 seconds in ufc mexico a couple of weeks ago probably close to a month ago jeremy stevens healed up and now they're gonna run it back in boston it's a fantastic fight. It's a beautiful co-main event. I'm still going to go with Rodriguez, but because they're both very nervous, it's going to not be a knockout. There's a lot of animosity here, a lot of tension. It's essentially a revenge fight or a very angry, hostile fight. Both fighters want to knock each other out. That means nothing's going to happen. That means there's two kinetic balls just going to rub against each other. It's like me in July trying to run with uh, tiny whiteies. 
It's like me trying to do wind sprints in July. And it's just all that chafing going around. So nothing's going to happen. They're just going to get bruised and battered. I'm talking about the fighters, not my nuts. And put your money on Rodriguez. Greg Hardy's on this card. Bet Greg Hardy. Joe Lozon versus Jonathan Pierce. Joe Lozon, a Boston native, making his UFC return. One of the fight of the night kings. Him and Donald Cerrone, I believe, have the most fight of the night bonuses. Joe Lozon, lower than that. Macy Barber fighting Gillian Robertson. Macy Barber. Below that, Deron Wynn. Daniel Cormier's brother or prodigy is fighting Darren Stewart. Go with Darren Stewart. Deron Wynn missed weight. And everybody who missed weight did not respect their body. Again, talk more about this on the Mind, Body, Soul podcast. Check it out. All right, the juicy stuff. The what the f- moment of the week. Love it. So summer's over. Fall's coming to an end. What better way to welcome in the winter with a beautiful barbecue man that got explosive i'm gonna play this thing 10 times for you because it's a very short clip but not only that i can't believe this i survived you kidding me great job you bad job by you as well but i hope it was delicious i hope it was worth it this guy's definitely a couple of cocktails or a couple of alcoholic beverages deep yikes my friend this is what you have to look forward to milton as a married man barbecues and running for your life but you survive okay that's life that's the what the moment of the week i have the first all moment of the week in a long time let's check out this jack diesel little frog guy oh yeah you see his buddy in the background spotting him just just working it in flexing those those frog chesticles (laughs) chest muscles Good job, Frogger. He says, screw doing legs. I'm done dodging traffic. I'm just working on my upper body. This should inspire you, everybody. It's bulking season, as they say on Long Island. You know, you eat so much in the winter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, January, February. Then you start to clean it up for the spring. So this frog's ready for the long hibernation. Movie reviews. First, I want to start with a stand-up. The stuff I'm going to review here is the best stuff, content I've reviewed all Iktagon history. Or history of the Iktagon. I'm not dyslexic. My father spoke Hebrew. You know, they speak backwards in that language. So every time there's a touchdown, I'd be like, down touch? I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's wrong, but I'm not going to correct you because you're Israeli and you'll probably kill me. But Brian Callen, I know him as the Joe Rogan co-host or the co-host of The Fighter and the Kid with Brendan Schaub. But he's also a stand-up comedian. If you guys remember, he also was on Mad TV many years ago. But Brian Callen, this is the best stand-up I have seen in a long freaking time. I'm telling you right now, it's an A++. Brian Callen delivers. His style is way opposite of the personality that he exudes on those other platforms. He's maybe a little unsure of himself or a laid-back guy on those other platforms, but on the stage, he freaking owns it. Very confident, uses his physical attributes, very funny. The punchlines are very off, not exactly that you think where the joke is going. Great job, Brian Callen. This is fantastic. I suggest it to everybody. 
I want to watch this again. I, I always say on the stand-ups or the movies, I'm going to watch one or two times. I can watch this every single time. Brian Callen, you nailed it, guy. You nailed it. You gay. That's a joke from the stand-up, okay? I'm not calling you gay. I'm calling, it's... You get it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Last but not least, Joker. It's simple. We uh, kill the Batman. <laughs> if it's so simple, why haven't you done it already? If you're good at something, never do it for free. How much you want? Uh, half. <laughs> you're crazy. I'm not. No, I'm not. No, not that Joker. Even though that Joker's fantastic. God bless and God rest your soul, Heath Ledger. Talking about this Joker. Todd Phillips, 2019 version of the Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Brian Callen's also in this, but starring Joaquin Phoenix. I went into this movie, if you guys heard the preview a couple episodes ago, with a lot of pressure and I was scared to see this I didn't know how good it would be I didn't know if this is gonna cause an uproar in society this was a beautiful piece of art it deserved the R rating for a reason it all made sense this is kind of like an off the beaten path psychological thriller thrown in with some drama beautiful story writing you could watch this three or four times and learn something new. I've rabbit holed into so many Joker videos and reviews and wanted to figure out exactly what the ending is, what's the point of the middle. Did it all make sense? Is this a DC film? Is it a standalone film? Can they do a sequel? What's next for Joaquin Phoenix? It's a great piece of work. Great job, Joaquin Phoenix. Great job, Todd Phillips. We've now seen that comedian directors or comedian actors can direct thrillers or rated R tense movies. Jordan Peele with the movie Us and Get Out. Todd Phillips did the whole Hangover trilogy. Now he does this Joker movie. Yes, comedians can direct or act in different ways. Let's not typecast them. I can't wait to see what's next for Todd Phillips, but focusing specifically on this film, they did a fantastic job at sprinkling in little details and little scenes that made it a comic book film and a DC film and a Joker film. So smart, didn't see where things going, very tense. In 2008 when The Dark Knight came out, I remember just being so tense and not knowing where the film would go certain scenes when the Joker was on the screen. This movie is completely that from start to finish. It's creepy, yes. There's disturbing behavior. It's rated R, so there's a warning there. This whole movie, I didn't know where it was going. Giving it an A++. Joaquin Phoenix should win a ton of awards. Todd Phillips should win a ton of awards. And you guys need to see this. Go in with an open mind. Go in even with clenched teeth and you're worried about being scared or what's going to happen next. That's fine. It's beautiful. It's twisty. It's hard not to give away anything. Maybe I'll do a spoiler review where I break down the film, but I'll warn you guys. But you got to see it. This is the longest review I've given because it deserves it. 
And most importantly, it does a great job at not playing off of society's mental illness problems in terms of just using it as a stepping stone to make money. The Joker in The Dark Knight was a master of chaos, just screwing up things in his smartly insane genius way. And I understand why somebody in Aurora, Colorado took it in his own hands, taking that Joker on screen and trying to live into his own life. There was chaos in that film. I think the director even wanted to make the definition of the Joker chaos, uncontrolled chaos, but smart chaos. This Joker movie, the 2019 version, is an origin story. At the end when he's completely 100% the Joker we know from the comics, yeah there's chaos at the end, but at the very end. This is a slow build to that character, and it's a slow uncomfortable build. This is the most extreme case of mental illness, and I think anybody who is looking at this film for some inspiration to do horrific acts is not going to find it, and I think that's a good thing. It's completely a work of art and not a guidebook to any realistic chaos, which is good. So I'm happy for that. It's a piece of art. It's intense. Don't see this if you're under 18, if you can't handle intense movies. I haven't watched a movie this intense since No Country for Old Men, 2007. I believe that won the Oscar for Best Picture. And The Dark Knight, 2008. And of course, every horror movie, because they want you to be tense. But for a movie that's not horror, for a movie that's thriller, drama, and plays on the psychological aspect of a character that we already know, but deep dives into the psychological aspect of this character. Deep dives. Fantastic job. They nailed it. Good job, Tom. Good job, Joaquin. I'll take a side of Joaquin. Get it? I don't know what they're going to do next. He doesn't have to do anything next. I don't think Joaquin's going to do anything next. But I'll be excited if he does. Good job. A++. Finally, the weekly positive message. I just want to reiterate what I said earlier about head trauma in sports. Again, for my full take on head trauma, just type in anywhere you get podcasts, Iketagon, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. I did my senior project in college on head trauma. I went around to local gyms. I asked local athletes, boxers, wrestlers, about their sports, their contact sports, how much they have addressed their head trauma or concussions over the years. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what the parents' perspective is, what the athletes' perspective is. I saw that the NFL was becoming cognizant and aware of this situation. And this got blown up a few years ago when a scientist in Pittsburgh released the released a lot of data stating that these NFL players have the most severe form of CTE or head trauma. And as you guys remember, <clears throat> Will Smith released the movie Concussion. And according to reports and headlines, Roger Goodell and the NFL pushed back 
on Sony Pictures to cut out some scenes in this movie. I haven't seen this movie. I have to. It's real, and you can't run the f from the fact of concussions and what they do to your mind and how they can cause aggression and depression. But since this movie was made, and thank you to the Pittsburgh scientists, the NFL has changed its rules. It's the heads-up rules. Now, in little leagues, football leagues, high schools, NFL, up and down the levels of uh, the football leagues, you can't tackle with the crown of your helmet, the top. It's a spear. It's a battering iron. You have to tackle heads up. Your face mask, your eyes have to face your opponent. You have to go for his shoulder, go for his chest, go for his waist. You can't go for his knees. They've ruled out knee tackles and tackles, blows to the head and leading with your head. And it was a great job by this scientist getting the movement going. But it's not enough because this past weekend, Long Island native, Patrick Day passed away from too many blows to the head. And this is now the third boxer dying within four months. A couple of months ago, Argentinian Hugo Santillan and Russian Maxim Dadashev passed away from the same cause of death, head trauma from the blows they suffered in their boxing match. And... It's unfortunate in 2019 when we have a bunch of beautiful technology in terms of smartphones and cars and everything electronically that we can't figure out this CTE problem. And I think we have to because soccer or basketball will be the future if we don't figure this out because a lot of these kids... 9, 10, 12 years old are suffering concussions and don't know why their head's spinning, why they're here and buzzing, but will jump back out there and for another play and again get another concussion or mild concussion. And that could lead to aggression and depression. And it's sad, but we need to figure it out. It's 2019. We don't need an NFL player taking his own life and writing a note that please use my brain for medical research. And this is Junior Seau. You can look up the story. He's a NFL Hall of Famer. He's a former pro bowler for the San Diego Chargers. Shot himself in the chest because he wanted to preserve his brain. So we need to get smarter. We need to learn more. Listen to the Mind, Body, Soul. I elaborate a lot more on this. It's an audio-based podcast, so a really deep dive on my feelings and thoughts about this. And again, I did this project in college. I'm talking about it now. I think if I ever open up a gym or if I can speak to a large crowd, I definitely want to be part of the solution with this head trauma and CTE problems that we're seeing lately in boxing and i'm sure mma athletes suffer from the same thing so thank you guys for listening that's all for episode six i forgot to bring up why i'm wearing a canadian tuxedo it was 
Canada's Thanksgiving this past week, so appropriately so, I look like Rick Roll. Never gonna give you up, never gonna I need to learn those lyrics. I swear that's like a top 10 karaoke song of all time, but... Oh Canada, oh Canada, thank you for your stylish outfits. Uh, Drake's definitely helped you guys with uh, the appeal. But that's it. Those are my picks, my review, preview, some what the F, WTF, and all moments, movie and stand-up reviews. I think I'll release a Joker spoiler review where I give you my prediction of what happened, about the ending, about what's next, but that's it, fights tonight, UFC on ESPN, tune in, Chris Wyman, Long Island Native, we'll see what happens, download the Mind, Body, Soul podcast, keep clicking, and oh yeah, the clickbait, clipbait, we got that too, till next time, see ya. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.